Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I'm Joe Marino and... Oh, shit. Oh, dear. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs of the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. We're going to put the final touches on our My Ultimate series Uh, going through the AFC South today. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. Uh, I don't know if we formally talked about this on the air. I talked about this with Brad. But uh, when we're done, I'm going to talk to you off the air, and I want you to pick your favorite My Ultimate team that you selected. Okay? And what we're going to do is we're going to have our battle in a Madden simulation to see whose favorite team comes out triumphant. So this this will be something we can openly discuss on the Wednesday show. Once you pick your favorite team, I'm going to have these guys simulate the game. Don't worry, I'm not going to play it. And then we're going to see whose favorite team of the My Ultimates for 2018 is victorious. What happens if we pick the same division? Well, then we'll have them play themselves. I suppose. Okay, that's, that's, that's possible. That, that's okay. feasible. I don't think we will, though. Okay. I would be okay. very surprised if we ended up picking the same division. Okay. I'll have to think about mine, but I have a hunch as to where I'm Uh-oh. going with it. He, the, the man has a hunch, folks. Yeah. man with a hunch is a dangerous thing. Kyle, any any World Cup takes? Uh, this, thing, this thing wrapped yeah, up today. France beat Croatia. I, I watched the game, and... Uh, yeah, soccer's frustrating because um, it's so hard, right? Like, it's these, these guys, man, there's so many people on the field, and they're trying to get a clear shot at the net. It just doesn't happen. 
and it didn't seem like anybody could score initially, uh, I guess, from scrimmage. So you had all these sets, and then so you had some some questionable calls. And um, you know what I learned is that officiating across every sport seems to be a real challenge to get this stuff right. Yeah, it's a big bugaboo. Uh, just I, I understand the pace of the game's fast, right? The pace of the game at the professional level, especially the skill level that they play at, you know, with, with something like the World Cup, manages very quick. Things happen very quickly, but um, you also have the best in the world allocated to do it and officiate these games. And uh, for there to be kind of egregious calls, and uh, it's it 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 takes away from it a little bit as far as the enjoyment. It's a shame because we had such a great tournament, really. Got a lot of exciting games and a lot of great storylines and uh, Croatia's run. Did you see the video of their fans out in the streets before mm-hmm. the game started? Like, mm-hmm. holy cow, man. Like, that's what's on the line. And uh, it gives you an appreciation for the way the rest of the world uh, views soccer in the World Cup. And it's a shame that America sucks at it. But uh, <laughs> when all of our athletes are flocking to basketball and baseball and football and uh, soccer is kind of down on the pecking order a little bit. It's 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 understandable why we can't compete on this level. I don't know if we ever will, or or at least to the quality of play that you see from teams like Croatia and Belgium and England and France, the teams that finished in the top four this year. And so, I mean, I don't really have any takeaways other than you know it's just I, I was not rooting for France and France won. So I guess good for you, whatever you know. It is what it is. Um, you know, it's interesting that one thing that I've learned just about sports in general is that missed calls and bad calls are part of the game. They just are. And it's interesting that some of the rule changes that are coming forward in the NFL this season, that three of the most prominent referees all retired. And so there's been some, some analysis out there about, you know, just the state of the NFL officiating and how it's even more challenging with some of these new rules as well as younger officials uh, stepping in and having to officiate NFL football. So it's it's interesting to see how how all that comes together this fall. I hope it's not something we talk a whole lot about. Well, and I think we will, though, because these new rules kind of promote some gray area things. Mm -hmm. The, uh, The helmet contact and, you know, even as an offensive player, if you drop your head, and and have contact with the top of your head. They're going to call you for that, and it's going to be messy. Uh, I mean, I, I anticipate it's going to be a real problem, particularly early in the season as they're kind of getting their footing with what they want to call and what they don't. But if you just kind of read the letter of the law, uh, you're you're going to have several of these a quarter, it seems like. So not something I'm really looking forward to despite the start of football season being what I'm waiting for more than anything else in the world right now. They've got preseason to get it figured out. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Well, that's what needs to happen. All right, let's get into this, my ultimate uh, NF- AFC South. We've got the Titans, Texans, Colts, and Jaguars. Again, the concept here is Kyle and I are going to make our pick, 
to assemble a starting lineup using only players from the AFC South. And again, the only season we're concerned with is 2018. So, uh, you know, we're not trying to build a dynasty roster or anything like that. We're trying to build an optimal starting, starting lineup based on the rosters available in the AFC South to win in 2018. And uh, I'm looking forward to this because I think there could be some, some good debate on some position groups. And, uh, Kyle, I think I've taken quarterback lead every single time. Every so single you. time? You think it's at, I feel, you think it's been every single time? I, I feel like I've given my quarterback, or it hasn't been, like, there's not been a whole lot of debate. Like, I think maybe there could be some here with Andrew Luck. You know, if he's healthy, he seems like a surefire pick. I know you love Mariota. Deshaun Watson was, you know, a godsend for, you know, what he showed last year and, you know, I don't think we're considering Blake Bortles, but I think, look, I wouldn't be surprised for you to tell me any one of those three guys right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. It was very hard for me to pass on both Andrew Luck and Marcus Mariota. Uh, looking back at, at you know, Luck's injury history, it's just too much of an unknown for me to, to get excited about saying sign me up for Andrew Luck in 2018, make or break, and uh, – so, so the injury is really the barrier for me selecting Andrew Luck there. If he comes back, he plays fully healthy. Uh, I don't think there's a question uh, that, that because of his experience and his skill level, he would be the best quarterback unless Watson or Mariota come out and blow the damn doors off the thing. Um, Mariota, yeah, his, his year last year was very poor, but some of the play calling and structure, play structure that they had there in Tennessee – with that coaching staff was um, I'm trying to think of a nice word that I can use. It's not going to get me in trouble with the the, the higher ups here. Uh, not good, yeah, very bad. And uh, I, I think with a new passing game coordinator there and uh, some fresh minds in the building, I think uh, Mariota is going to be poised for a, a big bounce back season. He was was very very good in 2016, but. Now, Watson had a, a huge grade on him when he was coming out of the college level. He exploded onto the scene as a rookie, despite Houston's best efforts not to start Watson right out the gate, lasted all of a half, and before the injury in practice, uh, which some speculate he may have you know, started that injury against Seattle on that, that game that they lost closely, but Watson delivered every time he had the football in crunch time in that game. Um, I, I just think he's got it, you know, right? That was one of the things about Mariota that people, some people within the NFL were concerned with was the personality and leadership factor. And I, I really didn't factor it, but Deshaun Watson, I, I think he's got it. And it's such a cheap out to reference an intangible like that. But super talented guy, as all three of these guys are, that just happens to be my pick if I'm looking for 2018. So, Kyle, you're going to tell me that you're concerned with Andrew Luck's injury history and pick a pick a quarterback with two ACL tears that is a mobile guy. That, he, that's, he, he didn't tear both his ACLs last year. No, but, he, I mean, he's done it twice in the last four, right? Okay. Well, then right. law of averages says it ain't going to happen this year. There you go. <laughs> right, I'm, going, I'm going luck, Kyle. Uh, I, I wanted to pick Watson, man. I did. And it's, it's not really about me not trusting Watson's health. It's just that I know – if Andrew Luck's right, man, that dude's special. And you saw the difference between the Colts with Andrew Luck is a 
and a team that can compete in the AFC and a team without, you know, when they don't have Andrew Luck, it's a zero to three, four win team. And he makes that much of a difference. And just like the Peyton Manning years, I mean, they just, they just really have struggled to build around luck, but man, I, I know he's, he's got the concerning shoulder stuff, but uh, right now, if you look at this Texans roster right now, their backup quarterbacks are Brandon Whedon, or excuse me, that is the Texans. We're not concerned about Texans. We're concerned about the Colts. Right now, I mean, they've just got Jacoby Brissett. And so they didn't really do anything in the offseason to uh, uh, indicate that they were not anticipating Andrew Luck being ready to play this season. And so I've got I've to hitch my wagon to that. And, uh, you know, I certainly hope for, you know, this hypothetical scenario that Luck is, is ready to roll. But, man, the NFL is better when Andrew Luck's playing because that dude is one of those guys that just because he's your quarterback, you have a chance to win every Sunday. And so I'm rolling with him. I mean, that's fair. I, I think, as you said, when we introed this, you can make a case for three guys. Yeah. So I'm glad we're all on the same page on who's not on the short list, and I'll leave it at that. Is that our first QB disagreement? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Running back, Kyle, this is an interesting group. I mean, uh, there's no, no clear-cut choice here. I think there's probably maybe four guys – that you can consider here. And um, I'm going with Leonard Fournette. And and the reason why, I know that we've, you and I, if, if people have listened to, to us on podcasts for any length of time, I think they all kind of realize that we like Leonard Fournette, but he is a scheme-specific player. He's a gap runner. He's a guy that does require bodies to be moved out of the way for him to be successful. And the offensive line that I'm going to assemble here in a few minutes is going to be very capable of moving those bodies out of the way. And so when I think about his upside, his obviously his physical traits, uh, working together with his power and, and what he can do when, when that space is available, uh, I think he gives me the most upside in a division where I don't think there was a slam dunk candidate. Yeah, I think our, our offensive line pairings and our uh, the philosophy that we're going to be implementing is going to be pretty similar because I'm also going with Leonard Fournette. With that in mind, that if I'm going to take him, then my offensive philosophy has to have people movers up front. There's a lot of people movers in the AFC South because there's a lot of people on the defensive side in the AFC South. It's funny how that works, isn't it? So I I think kind of surveying this division and the landscape, uh, the strength of the players along the trenches on both sides is is massive. It's huge. And for a guy like Fournette and Jacksonville continuing to, to dedicate manpower to addressing the interior offensive line and uh, really just kind of shoring up everything that they've got there, uh, Fournette fans should be excited. Fantasy fans should be excited. And us, as we select this roster, should be very excited as well, Joe. Uh, wide receivers. Wide receivers I had a hard time with strictly because my one and two are um, kind of cut from the same cloth. Uh, don't have a stereotypical X, Z, and then a slot, uh, a slot guy that as the Y that, that's super shifty. I got a straight line guy who's an extremely good receiver in the slot, but he was who I wanted to make my Z. I just couldn't sell myself on anybody else's as a slot guy. So I'm going with DeAndre Hopkins and Corey Davis as outside guys. These are you know, big, my ball mentality players. I think Corey Davis is primed for a huge year this year. He kind of turned the lights on down the stretch. 
Uh, got kind of got put by, behind the eight ball uh, with some some hamstring issues that that really kind of derailed his rookie season. Uh, but promising flashes, in, including some nice plays against the Patriots in the playoffs. And uh, Nuke Hopkins, obviously, you know the the dude has been unstoppable with. Uh, Joe, me and you throwing him passes at the NFL level. I can't wait to see what a full full season of him and Deshaun Watson looks like. And then T.Y. Hilton, big explosive play, vertical guy. I'm going to put him in the slot. Uh, it's not to say that he isn't shifty. He's he's very much a stereotypical Z receiver. But I'm okay with taking his skill set and putting it in the middle of the field because he is a looser guy. He does have that change of direction skills and isn't just a straight line burner. Almost like what you would see with like a Will Fuller who you know had some big plays down the field last year, but uh, they were all vertical plays down the field, and he's got durability issues. So give me T.Y. Hilton in the slot. Kyle, did I miss your I, – I heard Hilton and I heard Hopkins. Who was your other receiver? Corey Davis. Oh, okay. I must have, I must have missed – What, you black out? No, I was uh, confirming a stat. For uh, for for my little monologue here, um, all right. So we've we've got Kyle. We've got the same three, but I wanna I wanna add some some additional thoughts here. You you mentioned uh, Hopkins and the production that he's had. He's averaging. He's been in the league for five seasons. His average year: eighty three receptions, one thousand one hundred seventy seven yards, and seven touchdowns. In every one of those five seasons, a different quarterback has led the Texans in passing yards. I mean, that's unbelievable. Just never got into in, into that chemistry rhythm with any one guy, and he's still producing like a true number one receiver. He's my obvious choice here. Uh, T.Y. Hilton loved his ability to take the top off the defense, especially thinking about him back with luck where when those guys were, were healthy before last season, I mean, the production was there for T.Y. And then Corey Davis, I give you a lot of credit for Corey Davis uh, because I think you, you are the one that – let everybody know it was cool to love kill Corey Davis. And, and so you kind of went out on a limb on him, and there was a lot of people that were down on Corey Davis in the draft process because whatever, they, maybe they didn't feel comfortable with his ankle and that he didn't get a 40-pound or whatnot. But lo and behold, the, the, the Titans went and made him a top-five draft pick. You know, And so I think he's got some special upside. And, and I, you saw well, what he was able to do when he was healthy and in the lineup. He had some, some really positive moments. Uh, and I think that he's going to put it all together th- this season. And so that trio, maybe you have some debate about where you line them up, but those are the best three receivers in the division, in my opinion. Preach. I'll just all right, leave it Ky- that. Preach. Well, thank you, thank you. All right, we got the tight end position here, Kyle, and I'm not sure there's a whole lot of debate here. I think this is going to be Delaney Walker. He's uh, he's continuing to produce. He's been in the NFL for 13 years, but uh, you know he's he's been – putting up some gaudy numbers here over the last several seasons. It seems like him and Mariota have a good thing going. And, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not sure there's a real case to be made for another tight end, but I'm interested to hear what you say. Uh, no, it's Delaney Walker and that's it. <laughs> it's like, I know, I know he's, he's getting a little long in the tooth, right? But he's been an extremely productive football player. Um, you know, going back to the end of his, his tenure with San Francisco and, and the time that he spent in Tennessee, uh, really athletic guy, can stretch the field, uh, mismatch. You can work him across the middle of the field, and he's, he's just going to run away from guys that are trying to sit in his hip pocket based on you know the, the assignments that he's going to draw vast majority of the time. So give me Delaney Walker. I think we got a really athletic group of pass catchers with Nuke, Corey Davis, T.Y. Hilton, Delaney Walker. So, Joe, uh, only dissension among the skilled players is the quarterback. 
Yeah, interesting, right? Yes. One, one quick thought on the tight end thing, because I know this is kind of an underwhelming division, but if Andrew Luck's Andrew Luck, I think Eric Ebron and him could have something going. We'll see. We'll see. I know Ebron's been inconsistent. It's not like he didn't have a good quarterback in Matt Stafford in Detroit, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm very anxious to see if he resurrects his career in Indy. Yeah, going to be really interesting, and if he does, um, oh, man, that's, uh-huh. that's, that's an exciting dynamic to that offense that they'll need somebody outside of yeah. T.Y. Hilton. So if, if they can get a middle-of-the-field guy, um, yeah, that, that has some exciting potential. Joe, I'm going to switch to offensive line. I'm taking the tackles first. We talked when we talked about Leonard Fournette, we need some ass-kickers up front. And I got two of them in Taylor Lewan and Cam Robinson. And both these guys are playing left tackle for their respective teams. Uh, Lewan has been a very, very good starting offensive tackle for the Titans. Cam Robinson came in last year and really surprised a lot of folks considering the pre-draft narrative was we'd switch him to guard for some weird reason. Not quite sure why. But uh, you know, Cam, before he, he got banged up and it kind of impacted his play, really physically dominant offensive tackle. So you can give me Cam Robinson, who's a top five player on my draft board in 2017. Taylor Lewan, who was a top 25, top 30 player in 2014 when he came out. And you can give me both those guys, and I feel good knowing if I run off tackle, that defensive end's going to get collapsed down. All right, Kyle. I'm with you on Taylor Lewan, and I'm with you on Corey Robinson, but there's an asterisk by, or excuse me, by Cam Robinson. I would have went with Jack Conklin, but he tore his ACL in the playoffs last year. So I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deal with potential delayed start to the season for him. Robinson, I think, uh, has a lot of upside, especially in this gap power scheme that we're kind of building, given the players available. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think he's, I think he had some really positive moments. Maybe some of the analytics out there don't indicate that Cam Robinson had all that good a year. But uh, my eyes told me that he was a pretty good player and that he's got a lot of ton of upside. So him and Luan are going to be my tackles. Uh, moving on the interior, Kyle, I got some more ass kickers up front for you. At center, give me Brandon Linder with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's a guy that can move bodies. And uh, I don't think he's, he's not athletic. I think he can move a little bit too. So if I need a guy to win in space, down block, reach block, he can do that for me. For my guards, I want Andrew Norwell. Uh, who is now in Jacksonville, former Carolina Panther. Uh, he's going to be sorely missed in Carolina because uh, he's a guy that knew, knows how to make space in the in the running game. And then uh, we kind of teased this one on our Friday show, but Quentin Nelson, is uh, he's going to be here with us, and he's going to be uh, right there at guard for me. I think, uh, and I've said this before, I think Quentin Nelson has the upside to become the best offensive lineman in the game. And I know he's just a rookie, but uh, I think that's going to start pretty quick with him being a high-impact blocker. I'm stunned. I'm stunned you did not take Ryan Kelly to be your starting center. Really? Why? Because you gave me grief for for Jip and Ryan Kelly like two months ago about something. I don't remember what it was. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't remember it either. But yeah, well, we'll have to hit the uh, the history books here and, and take a little look around, see if we can't find that that for context. But uh, our guards are the same: Andrew Norwell and Quentin Nelson. And Ryan Kelly is going to be my starting center in this division. So, Taylor Lewan, Andrew Norwell, Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, Cam Robinson, offensive line. I don't know if there's a lot of defensive linemen 
that can withstand the barrage of 25 carries to Leonard Fournette behind that offensive line. Good luck. That's that's a lot of beef up front, Joe. Let's switch over to the defensive side of the football. I'm going to take edge defenders, and I am going to show a little bit of homerism here to the surprise of absolutely nobody. (laughs) Because Yannick Ngakwe has to be on my roster. I know he's not a three-down player, but Yannick Ngakwe is an absolute pass-rushing star. And I'm going to take Jadavion Clowney to play across from him. The hardest thing on this roster for me was not finding a space for Calais Campbell at defensive end. Give me Yannick. Uh, give me Jadavion. Give me the speed off the edge. Yeah, Kyle, I got the same too. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I hear I hear what you said on Ngakwe, but uh, he's he's just hard to block on passing downs and. You know, I I, uh, I feel very comfortable with him at one spot. Clowney, the obvious choice on the other side, who he's really, really disruptive. I know that comes to uh, the surprise of nobody, but uh, Clowney's athleticism is really starting to show off now that he's healthy. We saw that last year, and I can only hope that we get to see him and Watt together healthy in that same front seven because that is going to cause nightmares for offenses. So we're on the same page here, and Gakwe on one side and Jadavion Clowney on the other. Feels good. Defen- defensive tackle, Kyle. Uh all right, so this this was – I lost a little sleep over this one, I'll tell you that, because we got some horses in this division. But uh, I'm settling on number one. I'm moving Calais Campbell inside. He's going to play defensive tackle for me. There's no way I could assemble a roster without him. That dude just destroys offensive linemen one-on-one. He's going to be part of my team. And then my other defensive line spot, and this kills me. This kills me because J.J. Watt's not my pick. And I want to pick him, but J.J. Watt just hasn't been healthy. You give me Jarrell Casey, who is a super disruptive player. He's he knows how to win on passing downs. He he gets into the backfield on on rundowns. He's very disruptive, and uh, he's quietly just one of the uh, the most underrated players in the game. Kinda. I mean, I know that people know that he's good, but you know, he's one of the best five or six defensive tackles in the game. And and so I'm going with him and his health over JJ Watt. As hard as that is to say, because JJ Watt, when he's healthy, is a historically great player. Woo Nelly. Joe, we have two different selections along the no way. line. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. So I'm taking Malik Jackson as my Jacksonville Jaguar. Uh, Malik Jackson, uh, ever since he's come over from Jacksonville after you know starting with the Denver, uh, Denver Broncos the first four seasons, uh, he has logged 14 and a half sacks the last two years as an interior defender. Um, Jackson, I think you pair him at 6'5", 290, with the speed that we have on the outside with Yannick and Jadavion. And I think you've got a terrific foundation here that you can just, you know, everybody's one gap, find the football, find the mesh point, attack the mesh point. Uh, J.J. Watt is my other pick. And you can't say anything at all because you took Andrew Luck over Deshaun Watson when he hasn't thrown a football in two years. So, let me live... J.J. Watt's my pick because when he's healthy, he's the best defender in football. Now, father time's creeping up on J.J., so we've got to get him back on the field with some consistency. But he's an incredibly gifted player. Most dominant stretch of, you know, my, uh, I don't want to say adult life, but I'm 29. And, in you know, since I got out of high school, uh, J.J. Watt's 
one of the most dominating stretches of players aside of like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning that I've ever seen. And uh, I know that's a small sample size to say the past 10 years, but I, I just can't forget that. And because of that, J.J. Watt's got to be my pick. I don't, I don't hate it, Kyle. I don't hate it. I, I think he's, like I said, I called him historically great. I um, And I know that I feels like I'm, I'm a little bit two-faced here because I went with luck at quarterback. But, um, I mean, I, I don't hate your picks. They're, they're fine picks. Okay, so we got, we got strong but different defensive lines. And I, yes. I, I do want to tip the cap for, to Jarrell Casey, too. That, I mean, he, that's a perfectly fine pick. He's a very, very good football player. Um, linebackers. We got some youth on the linebackers. We got some versatility in the linebackers. Joe, give me Telvin Smith and Miles Jack. That's my dude, Miles Jack. Never forget. Number one overall player from the 2016 NFL draft. Miles Jack. And Rashawn Evans is going to be my other pick from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, these guys are all really versatile. They can play in space. they got a ton of range. And they're explosive hitters. And they're, that, that's a really exciting pairing that, you know, Miles has been experienced in playing the Sam, and now he's going to be playing the Mike for Jacksonville and Telvin on the backside. And Rashawn Evans uh, showed some, some promising growth as far as a guy that, that's playing on the front side, and he's a former pass rusher, so you can play him up in the line of scrimmage. And I just think that's a really complimentary blend of skills for a trio of young guys in this division that I could get really excited about as a linebacker coach if I was coaching the NFL. Yeah, you're speaking my language. Those are my style of dudes on on the second level. Uh, we got two out of the three the same. I've got Miles Jack. I've got Telvin Smith. And then uh, I got to go with Zach Cunningham. He's my guy, man. I loved him coming out of Vanderbilt. He had a really strong rookie season for the Texans. And um, I think he gives you a lot of the same things as Rashad Evans. I mean, uh, maybe not the pass rushing upside, but I really like uh, Cunningham a little bit more on the mental side than I get from Evans. I think he's a really good processor. There's some issues coming to balance and tackling. I thought that improved in the NFL, something that was a struggle for him at Vandy. But, um, you know, I, I think you get that, that really good mental processing skills. You've got the ability to win in space, the ability to win in pass coverage. And, um, you know, I think Evans, Cunningham, both are good picks. And then one other guy that I want to mention, he didn't make the pick for either one of us, is Bernard Jopikini. He just signed that big deal with uh, Houston. Uh, definitely not saying he's not worthy of that deal, but I think he's more uh, he's more of a true 3-4 uh, inside backer. And so when I think about uh, wanting to have guys that can win in space a little bit more uh, for my 4-3 scheme, that's what made me leave him off the uh, off the list. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good pick. And I know Cunningham was a guy that was one of your guys. So hardly surprises me that, that that's the direction that you go. And as you said, he had a strong rookie season, kind of quietly had a strong rookie season. He did. Played well. All right, Kyle, it's time for these cornerbacks, and uh, we'll see if there's any debate here, but I'm I'm going with both the Jacksonville guys. Jalen Ramsey, bonafide lockdown number one corner. I think he's going to be in that debate for the best corner in the NFL for a long time. And then opposite of him, I want A.J. Bouye, who's uh, a sensational cornerback in his own right. I think he'd be a number one corner for most teams in the NFL. And, they, I mean, they've got a hell of a tandem in those dudes, and give me both of them to be my boundary guys. Joe, I have some bad news for you, my friend. Disagreement? We have the exact same pair again. Uh, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Bouye. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, there's not really anybody that I seriously consider from any of the other teams uh, over those those two. Just a dominating pairing. 
over half of my defensive roster is Jacksonville Jaguars, just for the record. I have six Jaguars on my defense. And um, Ramsey and Bouye may be the most dominant of the entire lot, which is saying a lot because there is some, some really, really mean dudes playing defense for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So if you're hoping to see the Jaguars go away, um, considering the improvements that they've made to the offensive line, the continued dedication to running the football, and the talent and youth of this defense, do not hold your breath. This team's going to be very good. And safeties. Joe, uh, my safeties, I went with uh, a younger player, who suffered an unfortunate injury, and Malik Hooker. And I think you saw some of the flashes of what his pure role is, a pure free safety player. And you consider you got Ramsey and Bouye on this roster. You take Malik Hooker, you put him at free safety, and you let him roam. And he's going to hunt that football, and he's going to find it because he had several interceptions in his rookie season before a knee injury knocked him out for the remainder of his season. So obviously durability is a concern here. Uh, he was a one-year starter at Ohio State. He got hurt as a starter in, in the NFL. But elite ball skills, elite range, and elite anticipation. So if you're going to peg him to just play pure free safety, play single high, uh, it's a no-brainer peg. And my other guy, I'm going with the Honey Badger, uh, Trey Matthew. That's, that's going to be my other pick. Uh, let him play in the slot. Let him be a box safety that's going to fly up and, and play that D-gap and uh, his versatility with the versatility that we have in the linebacker group gives us a really exciting blend of skills that uh, uh, on a one-year deal with the Houston Texans, he's going to be playing motivated this year on a one-year deal. So uh, give me the Honey Badger and give me Malik Hooker as my starting safeties. All right, Kyle, this was, uh, this was the hardest position for, for me to settle on my picks. Uh, I'm going with Malik Hooker. Uh, and, and it really does come down to what you said about having Bouye and Ramsey, and you have that dude roaming over top playing in deep zones. Just let him let him uh, track the ball, and he's going to create turnovers. Uh, I'm not going with Honey Badger for my other pick. I'm going with Kevin Bayard. And uh, I know that he's somewhat of a repeat skill set in Malik Hooker, but um, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm comfortable with it just because, I mean, he's a turnover machine, and uh, you know I think he can win in some man coverage stuff as well. And so maybe I don't have a true strong safety or a guy that I'm comfortable really playing in the box, but I just had to get the best two players, and we'll figure it out from there. But uh, with the guys that I think can win in man coverage, not only uh, in terms of my, my boundary corners, but those linebackers that I have, I'm comfortable having some more rangy uh, center fielders than both of my safeties in Bayard and, uh, and Malik Hooker. Yeah, that's a good pick. Bayard had, what did he have, five picks last year? Eight. Eight. I'm sorry. Please excuse me, <laughs> Kevin Byard. Um, yeah. I very quietly had – who didn't know who he was? Was it Deion Sanders on NFL <laughs> Network? Didn't, Somebody like that. Didn't yeah. know who he was or something like that on Twitter. Um, Byard's under the radar, uh, but shouldn't be and won't be for long. Uh, so, Joe, I can't hate that pick whatsoever. Any parting thoughts on your team in general? Uh, guys, you, the heart, maybe the hardest guy to leave off? Um, yeah, I mean, J.J. Watt was really hard. Malik Jackson was really hard uh, to leave off. Um, I mean, even guys like Whitney Merciless. You got Brian Arakport, Derek Morgan. There's good players in this division, like front seven guys that were just, 
you, you, I mean, that's what you want to watch, uh, like front seven to like defensive line linebackers against offensive lines. Like this division is going to be such a treat to watch. I mean, maybe they don't have the best like running backs and stuff like that, but man, they've got some dudes that there's going to be some heavyweight matchups up in the trenches in this division. So I think on both sides of the line of scrimmage, there, front seven going back to second level on defense, there's some dudes that you, know, you wish you wish you could find a spot, but uh, that's the fun of this is limiting it to just the starting lineup. Yeah, uh, hardest guy to leave off for me was Calais Campbell. So I'm I'm a little jealous you found a spot for him on the interior, but I couldn't walk away from J.J. Watt. Um, thanks for tuning in for this My Ultimate series. We had a blast with this. Joe, I'm not going to put you on the spot on the air, but just give some consideration on who your favorite, uh, who your favorite roster was, and uh, I'll do the same, and, and we'll kind of let the people know on Twitter. Joe's at the Joe Marino, and I'm at Grinding the Tape. Uh, who our favorite squads were. I'll put these together, and we will uh, do a, a, a simulation and see whose ultimate team comes out on top, uh, which should be fun. A little fun bragging rights. Uh, also interested to see what kind of fun bragging rights the boys over at Locked On NFL Draft may be able to cook up since we responded to them uh, taking a little shot across the brow on Fam Friday. And uh, I don't know if they just didn't expect us to, to hear it or what. But they seem surprised that we, we <laughs> fired back. So uh, it sounds like this friendly rivalry is going to take off a little bit. And we'll, uh, we'll see what they come up with. I'm sure they'll have something cooked up on today's show uh, to kind of get this thing rolling. Make sure you guys put a star on your calendar for August 6th. August 6th is the launch of the Draft Network, which we are super stoked about. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, we, we have a lot of stuff lined up for you guys already. Uh, you know, the, the expansion of our role in, in football media. This is the next evolution of anything and everything that we have all done. And we're excited to join forces with the Locked On guys, Trevor Sikkim and John Ledyard, and you know, put all of our brains together and our work ethics together, along with Brad Kelly and Benjamin Solak and and deliver you guys just something that has not been done before. We're really, really excited for it. We hope you are as well. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Draft Dudes. Follow along with us. We'd like to thank you all so much for listening. I'm Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe Marino. This is the Draft Dudes Podcast. We'll catch up with you later in the week. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances to well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.